بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين على اله وصحبه اجمعين Dear brothers, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Continuing where we have started lately to talk about the case of self-purification and we said that every Muslim really should remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swore in this surah, surah al-shams, 11 times which is the only surah, the only place where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swore 11 times continuously about one case which is قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَا That's about the self of the human being that the ones, the winners are those who take care of their selves purified and the other ones, the losers are the ones who do not purify themselves Tonight on the same topic but in other view, another angle of the view, as we started the week before last week, talking about the heart worshipings. Heart worshipings actually is part of the case of self-purification. When we remember the hadith of An-Nu'man ibn Bashir radiallahu anhumah, that he heard Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Filling the long hadith and the end of the hadith he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ala wa inna fil jasadi mubgha idha saluhat saluhat jasadu kulluhu wa idha fasadu fasadu jasadu kulluhu ala wa hiya al-qalb which is already translated to you but in the paper inshallah it will be given to you this is in al-Bukhari of course this hadith is mentioning that the heart of the human being is actually the leader of the body whether it is physically or mentally Physically, the body, the, the heart is the case, taking care of the blood, moving the blood into the body where the, blood, the body cannot work without it. But actually we're talking about the mental side of the heart, which is the case that the heart is driving the body to the good things or to the bad things. If the, the heart is good, if the heart is purified, if the heart is worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it will drive the whole body to the correct thing. If it's vice versa, then the heart also will drive the body to the wrong thing. Of course, if we really think about the case of the heart worshipping, what do we mean by heart worshipping? Does that mean that the heart is praying or making bowing or sujood? It is doing this, but not physically, but mentally. Actually, if you look at the worshipping that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in his holy book and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned in his hadith, you'll find dhikr, this is worshipping, dua, this is worshipping, salah, this is worshipping, sujood, this is worshipping. But these are mostly by the body. If you see dhikr is done by what? By the tongue. Sujood is done by what? By the body, the whole body. But there is very important worshipping which is not mentioned in here, the case of the worshipping of the heart itself. Like what? Like love. Like fear. Like khushu'ah. Tawakkul and so on. We'll talk about this inshallah in the future, one by one, because we really need to discuss these heart worshipping. Why? Because heart worshipping are more important than the body worshipping. In fact, 
You can't do worshiping by the heart without the body, but not vice versa. Because we cannot do the body's worshiping without the heart. In this case, it will not be accepted. Just remember the case of niyyah, intention. If someone prays Salah without niyyah, is it going to be accepted? Of course not. Is he, when he makes wudu without niyyah, when he eats without niyyah, correct niyyah of course, then it will not be accepted as a good deed from Allah, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you come to two people eating the same food, one of them is worshipping Allah and the other one is not. The one who is eating with good niyyah that he is eating this food to make his body strong enough for, his, for the prayer of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the worshipping of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he is doing worshipping. While the other one who is not making niyyah, he is just eating for enjoying the food, that's okay, fine, that's allowed, but he is not gaining any good deeds in this. So the heart worshipping, niyyah intention is heart worshipping. Ikhlas, uh, to be sincere, all other worshippings of the heart are more important than the body worshipping. Because the heart is the leader of the body, as Muhammad told us in this hadith. Allah wa inna fil jasadi mudrah, idha salahat salaha jasad kulluh, wa idha fasadat fasad al jasad kulluh, ala wa hiya al qalb. As mentioned in the uh, al Bukhari, Sahih al Bukhari. So if we understand now that this is the importance of the heart worshipping, then let's go ahead a little bit and see. These heart worshippings we are talking about really are important things. We see one of them, we discussed, actually we talked about the week before last week, the case of love. And love in here, unfortunately, by lots of people, especially the Kafirin, and the Kafirin are really using their mass media more than anything else now, they have destroyed the meaning of this word, or they drifted this word to the wrong, the wrong side. So as soon as people hear love means that there is a man and a woman whether with halal or haram which is incorrect this word love is a big word and as we discussed also we said that love is four types love loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is a big worshipping and he subhanahu wa ta'ala deserves to be loved as we will talk about a little, little bit more later on inshallah to love for the sake of Allah to love the good people the good Muslims to love them for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is important love. And the third type is to love with Allah. Na'udhu billah. To love someone with Allah means that follow his. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَتَّخِذُ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ أَنْدَادًا يُحِبُّونَهُمْ كَحُبِّ اللَّهِ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ So those mushrikeen follow his, they love. Some, some others, like they love Allah or more. So they are polytheists. They are not monotheists. They are not Muslims. They are not mu'mins. They are polytheists. That's what their name. Mushrikeen. Because they, they, they associate someone with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the side of love. So they love someone more than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that happened of course among, among us all the mushrikeen whether in the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa or before or after. When we talk about love, hope and fear. Okay, we, we missed the last one of the uh, kind of loves. To love Allah, to love for the sake of Allah, that's number two. Number three, to love with Allah, this is polytheism. 
the fourth one is the natural law. The natural law means that which is regularly happening, happening among people. A man loves his wife, the wife loves his, the husband, the uh, child loves his father or parents, uh, the parents love their children, this is natural law. And this is allowed as long as. As long as this will not lead to polytheism. How is that? If the husband loves the wife to the extent that he will disobey Allah just for her sake, then this is a danger area. A dangerous area. Because if it comes to the case that he will prefer what she says instead of Allah, more than he prefers what Allah says, then it becomes the case of polytheism. That's why the question comes in here. Aren't we Muslims, men, Muslim men, are allowed to marry Christian and Jew ladies? Yes, we do. وَالْمُحْسَنَاتِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنَاتِ وَالْمُحْسَنَاتِ مِنَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ So محسنات of Christian and Jew are allowed for us to marry. And we know for sure that usually a man or the husband will love his wife. So how come a Muslim will love a Christian lady because she is his wife? Or a Jew lady? Because that's natural love. That's allowed in Islam as no God. And it is allowed to some extent. Also the love of the father to his child. It's allowed to some extent, of course. When it comes that the child wants something which is not Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this love will become polytheism. That's why, subhanAllah, if you read the story of Ibrahim alayhi salam with his father, or if you read the story with Nuh with his son, they used to love them. But when it comes to the case that they are asking or requesting something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like or hate, then they say no. فلما تبين له أنه عدو لله تبرأ منه خلاص he doesn't care about him he hates him when he understood that his father Ibrahim عليه السلام when he understood among this ayah Allah سبحانه وتعالى telling us that when Ibrahim knew that his father is not his enemy for Allah سبحانه وتعالى he hated his father خلاص نوح عليه السلام also used to love his son to the extent that he wanted him to be saved from being drowned in the water, in the tufan. But when Allah told him that he is no good, خلاص. He hated him. And so on. So in this case, the number four, or the fourth type of love, it is allowed, but to some extent, as, soon, as, long, as, as long as it does not go to the, second, the third one, which is to give someone love more than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Three heart worshippings we have to talk about all together. Love, fear, hope. Why these three together? Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah, one of the best scholars of Muslims of Islam, he said that this example of these three heart worshippings is the bird. The bird has a head and two wings. The head is the love. Two wings is hope and fear. If he loses his head, he is dead. If he loses one of his wings with hope or fear, then he is in danger because he cannot fly and anything could eat him in the earth. Any animal in earth, snakes or anything, can catch him and eat him. But if his two wings are okay, 
love and hope both and they are the same level then he can fly the question comes now which, which one is supposed to be more fear or hope this will talk about it in the end of this topic inshallah because it's an important case a Muslim should know let's talk about fear what do we mean by fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in his holy book إِنَّمَا ذَلِكُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ يُخَوْفُ أَوْلِيَاءَهُ فَلَا تَخَافُوهُمْ وَخَافُونِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ To fear something means to run away from it to be afraid that it will hurt you and fear also should be divided into three types why we are always fond of dividing because it's easier for us when we divide something we know which is allowed what part of it is allowed what part of it is not allowed what part of it is dangerous what part of it is ibadah or worshipping in this case we make it easier for us if you tell something that this is no not allowed خلاص يعني all of the in every case no it's impossible it's impossible that in every case something is not allowed except those things which is already allow, not allowed that alcohol and so on but still even alcohol still it is allowed in some cases subhanallah how is that it is as, as the uh, fuqaha the, the scholars of islam say that if a person is in the desert and he is going to die because he has nothing to drink and he found only bottle of alcohol and if he did not, do not drink some of that alcohol he will die then it is allowed for him to drink just the limit that will not will keep him alive and he's not going to drink a whole bottle that's another case but he's going to drink part of that which is going to keep him alive so in this case we have to always put in mind that things are divided anything we can be in this life has to have some types even shirk itself polyism is two types is that all the same Cover itself is not the same. There's a minor and major. And major. Hypocrisy itself. There's a doctrinal hypocrisy and there's practical hypocrisy. It's not the same, of course. So we have to be careful. These, these cases of dividing or tithing things, it's easy and important for us to know, to make, yani, to make us capable of judging the things we are facing in this life. So fear actually can be divided into, into three types. The natural fear, that's an example, to be afraid of wild animals, to be afraid of fire. Yani just imagine a person is walking in the, in, the, um, in the zoo, and all of a sudden one of the lions jumps. So someone says, I know, I'll not, I'll not be afraid of the lion because I will be a apologist if I'm afraid of the lion, I will face the lion. That's not true. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about Musa alayhi salam. فَخَرَجَ مِنْهَا خَائِفًا يَتَرَقَّبُ Musa was khaifan, he was afraid. Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blame him for that? No. Because he was. The kafirin were going to kill Musa if he caught him that day. So he ran away from the city, he was afraid while he was running. That's allowed. That's called natural, natural fear. To be afraid of from a lion, from a beast, from a fire from a strong enemy who could hurt you, that's fine, that's no problem, that's nothing going to do anything with, with your iman or deen. So it's allowed in Islam. Again, to some extent. Because if this fear is going to lead to the point that a person will leave what Allah told him to do, there's another case. This could be polyvision. 
So it is allowed, a natural fear to be allowed, like, but not to the extent that we will disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every case. Just an example, if someone yani, caught by the Kafirin police, and they put him in jail, they say, if you don't say bad things about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we will kill you tomorrow. He is not allowed to say things, bad things about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Will he be allowed? Only if there is, at once he will be killed. The gun is in his head, or the knife is in his neck, and if he doesn't say this, he will die. That's for sure, then he is allowed to do this. From where we get this, it's easy. From the story of Ammar ibn Yasir radiallahu anhu. That man, one of the Sahaba of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was a slave in the beginning of his life. Then he was, يعني, he became a free man after Abu Bakr bought him and then uh, let him as a free. He was hurted by the Qurayshi kafirin. They used to put, and they cut him once and they put his head into the water. And he was drowning, he felt that he would die, unless he said what they want. And they wanted him to say bad things about Allah and about Rasulullah So he did. And when they let him go, he went to Muhammad and said, Ya Rasulullah, I have done this and he was weeping. So Muhammad asked him a good question. He said, how do you find your heart? He said, full of faith. Full of faith of Allah and Rasulullah so he told him, if they do this against you, do the same thing. It means it's allowed. For a Muslim, if he is in trouble, that he's going to be killed, now, exactly, then he's allowed to say bad things about Allah or about Rasulullah in this case. But not because if someone says, if you don't do this, I will fire you from work. This is not allowed to say bad things about Allah or about Rasulullah or about Islam. Just because you, it is, they are saying that we will fire you from work. Now this is not enough. But it is case of a person is going to die, halas, he's going to lose his life. Still, still, if he still insists on saying on Islam and Iman and refuse to say this, it's better for him, of course. But he is allowed. When we say allowed, means it's okay for him to do so, but it's better not to do. But if he does, okay, he's not blamed. Like Ammar ibn Yasser. But if he say no, I will not say it, do whatever he wants to do. Like what Bilal ibn Rabah did. Bilal ibn Rabah, they used to hurt him a lot and they put a heavy rock or stone in his chest in the heat of Mecca. And he was telling them, Ahadun Ahad. And they were so angry with him, they want to kill him. They say, Ahadun Ahad. He's still saying, Ahadun Ahad. Allah is one, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's the only one, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's still, and he said, if I know a word that should hurt you more, I will say it. Of course, that's better than the case of Ammar ibn Yasser in this case. Because this man, radiallahu anhu was so strong in Iman and Islam. So a Muslim, if he has to do this, and he did it, okay, he's allowed. He's not going to be punished, inshallah, by Allah But if he takes the other one, which is to be strong in Islam, and he is killed for la ilaha illallah for Islam, then that's even better for him. That's the case of natural law. The second type of fear, sorry, natural fear. The second type of natural fear is worshipping fear. Fearing which is the worshipping. Fearing Allah is the worshipping. It's the worshipping of a heart. When a person has a fear inside that he is afraid that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will punish him in life or in judgment day, in the last day. This is a fear. This fear is worshipping. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward the person who has this fear. So fearing Allah, Khafullah, 
But actually, if you continue, فَلَا تَخَافُونَ وَخَافُونِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ So there is ya yeah in there. However, so we are required to be afraid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is worshipping. Now, giving this worshipping to someone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is a polytheism. Polytheism means a person is out of Islam. خلاص. A polytheism is not a Muslim. Even if he says, I Allah, Muhammad Rasulullah, he prays five times a day and so on. No. Since he is falling into shirk, polytheism, he is out of Islam. Allah calls him mushrikeen. And he just called them Muslimin or Mu'mineen, not at all. As you remember, when we discussed the case of the contradictions aspect of Islam, the ten ones we remember, the first one was the case of Shirk. The third type of fear is the secret fear. What's secret fear? Secret fear means to be afraid of someone who does not have the capability of hurting the person. Inside himself, the person, this person who is afraid, he is having a fear that this dead person, that Khalandar Baba, as an example, or that person who such and such is capable of hurting him. Why well, there is no capability in here? A dead person, how is he going to hurt another person who is alive? Cannot be. Unless he is having some superstitious cases saying that this person who is dead can be alive again by himself and he is capable of hurting the others. Like these stories, yani strange stories among Muslims, they say such and such Khalandar Baba, he left his grave to go and save people from one ocean to another. They, he took the, their ship from one ocean with a lot of uh, waves and the, the, the ship was going to sink, so he took this ship to another ocean. That was the, the such and such dead person or dead person. From where you get this? Is this in, in the Holy Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Is the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the dead people are capable of hurting or hurting the others? That's why sometimes you, you see some papers or some SMS in your mobile telling you uh, spread this dua. If you don't, such and such, Khalandar Baba will do this and this for you. You will lose your money, you will, your children will die, you have a, a car accident and so on. Subhanallah. Those people who do this, who accept this, these cases and they start to send these messages, they have a secret fear. How come a Muslim believes that a dead person somewhere in this world can hurt him? While the, the alive, subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah al-Hayyul Qayyum, have already protected us by his ibadah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Clearly, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the best person ever walked on earth, is telling us, so many hadith, so many hadith that the only one who is going to hurt you or hurt you is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَعَلَمْ أَنَّ الْأُمَّةِ لَوْ اجْتَمَعُوا عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَنْفَعُوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَنْفَعُوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَرْكَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَكَ The whole nation cannot hurt you or cannot benefit you unless Allah wants. So why, why to hear the others? Why Muslims were so brave in the, in the jihad? Why Muslims when they go in jihad Usually, it's always that the, 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 the army of Muslims is a lot less, a lot less than the, the army of the Kafirin. 3,000 in, in, in Mu'ta battle are fighting 120,000 of the Romanis. 30,000 in Al-Qadisiyah facing 240 Persians. How come? 
in every war, in every piece of in this world, they will say, no way. How come 30,000 people are fighting 240 and they can't take them away? It's impossible. No, it's not impossible if Allah is with us. La tahzan inna Allah ma'ana. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends the angels to help the true Muslims in jihad and that's known clearly. If you read the whole history in Badr battle, the first battle of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam started against Quraysh. Oh, let's make it vice versa. The first battle that Quraysh wanted to kill Muhammad sallallahu in. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends the angels to fight with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his sahaba. Is that only for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his sahaba? No, for every true Muslim who fights the kafirin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send the angels to his mouth. So a Muslim is a brave. Very brave. Because he knows that he has one of two choices. To win or to go to Jannah. What kind of choices are these? That's why I remember a story happened when the true Muslims were fighting the, uh, the Jew in Palestine about 70 years ago. The, those true Muslims, the group of true Muslims, not with the uh, army of uh, the Arabs that time. These are special group, good Muslims like you, were making jihad against the, the Kafirin, the Jew. They were fighting the Jew, the Jew used to run away from them. They were uh, yani staying or centering into one town of Palestine. So the army of Jew going all around, they didn't come to this town. So it was amazing. One of the soldiers, one of the leaders of the battle of the other army, of the Arab's army, asked one of the Jews when they have some kind of uh, exchanging the, the, the people who have been captured in the war, in the war, in the war. He asked the, the Jew uh, leader, he said, how come you do not fight that such a such place? He said, what can we do? These are crazy people. These people are shouting, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. They want to kill us. And if we fight them, they will kill us, or if we kill them, they will give, will give them what they want. They want to die. So if, they, if we leave them, they will kill us. If we kill them, they, go, they think they will go to Jannah. So we don't want to give them their, their hope. That's what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his sahaba and the good people after that who until the end of this earth, that's what they are doing. They have the faith that they are not fearing anybody except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why to fear? الَّذِينَ قَالَ لَهُمُ النَّاسُ إِنَّ النَّاسَ قَدْ جَمَعُوا لَكُمْ فَخْشَوْهُمْ فَزَادَهُمْ إِيمَانًا وَقَالُوا حَسْبُنَ اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلِ فَانْقَلَبُوا بِنِعْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَفَضْلٍ لَمْ يَمْتَسْهُمْ سُوءٍ سبحان الله حسب الله ونعم الوكيل this word this dua as you say it Allah سبحانه وتعالى will protect you every case in your life anytime you are in trouble say حسب الله ونعم الوكيل حسبنا الله ونعم الوكيل الله تكرم if Allah is with you why do you care who is going to be against you shaitan only two persons and the whole Quraysh's people are running after them trying to kill them by any means they paid 100 camels to any person who can kill them so Abu Bakr so these people come with Rasulullah they will kill us they said, no. 
لا تحزن إن الله معنا إن الله معنا الله إذا الله يجلد يوم إذا الله يجلد أس وإذا يكير بودي أبس وان But the problem is that is Allah truly with us? Because of our weak of Iman. Because we, are, because we are not following the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah may not be with us. And that's the big, big, big problem. So we are not supposed to fear the secret fear except to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why you fear of these dead people? Why you fear from the others? Why you fear from the Kafirin? Why you fear the Americans? Why you fear the British? Why you, we don't fear them. We don't care about them. As long as we are in the right track of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will be with us, so we don't care about it. How many people? You know in India, what happened in India when the British were occupying India, what happened then? Those good Muslims who fight India, what did they do? They, 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 they give them a hard time. Not the Hindus, not Gandhi, not anybody else. The Muslims, the two Muslims who met jihad against the, the British, they were afraid of. That's why they created this called Qadiani to destroy something called jihad. You know Qadiani, don't you? Qadian is actually the major case of them to say no jihad. That's what the British wanted. They wanted to destroy something called jihad because they are afraid of jihad. Afraid of true mujahideen. Those people who fight for la ilaha illallah. Read the history. Read the history. It's not Gandhi. It's not Muhammad Ali Janash. It's not anybody else except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those true mujahideen who have already changed the whole world. In 92 years, after Hijrat of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Arab and the others who were with Arab, those true Muslims, they changed the face of the world in 92 years. The year of 96, the, the year of 92, up to 96, Qutayba al-Muslim was fighting behind Kabul, calling people to Islam. From Medina to behind Kabul. And Musa ibn Nusayr was also getting into Al-Andalus. Faith and spreading Islam in there. Abu Ayyub al-Ansari was dying in Istanbul, in Turkey, and so on. Why? Because they were afraid of the others? Because they fear the dead people? They fear Qurayshis? They fear Romani? Parisians? Turkish? No. They fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only. And they carry their souls in their hands for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the true feeling of Islam. It's to feel that you are only in this life to serve the Creator subhanahu wa ta'ala. To do what He told you to do. Not to eat, not to drink, not to play around. Life is not for this. We are not created to enjoy the life. No. We are created to worship Allah. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Only to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Only to worship Allah the only one subhanahu wa ta'ala. Part of worshipping is to fear him only, not to fear the others. In this case, we easily understand that those four Muslims who fear the dead people in this grave, they call them pious persons, awliya, khalandar babas, whatever you call them, they are making a big mistake. Big mistake. Because they don't understand Islam truly. It's because of these strange stories which is really spread among Muslims to say those people who have done this, this such and such did person gave him this. And those people who did not do that such and such Khalandar Baba did this to him. They lost their children, they lost their money, their car. Subhanallah al How could a Muslim, a true Muslim, 
to understand that Allah is the only one subhanahu wa ta'ala capable of everything will accept such stories this is the first wing love is the head of the bird first wing is the fear the second wing is the hope hope is what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in his holy book in the last ayah of surah al-kahf فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ عِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا يَرْجُوا Hope Hope what? Hope the mercy of Allah Hope to subside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Hope to have Jannah Hope to be safe from hellfire This is a hope must be with the Muslim Because a fear only will be dangerous I hope only also dangerous. Both of them they have to be in the same heart. How can we do this? We'll see how to do this when we balance fear and hope at the same time. But to say that we should always hope because the people who only fear will be qanitun. Qanut means to lose a hope. You may, be, may, you may meet some Muslims or some people say, I have no, no hope. I'm going to Jahannam, I'll Billah. That's qunut, that's not allowed in Islam. Whatever a Muslim is doing, he must, as long as he's a, a monotheist, not a monotheist, he should have a hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You remember the hadith of the man who killed 100 people? That hadith is known by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He, he told us that a man was before, of course, before Ummah al-Islam, before Muhammad sallallahu he killed 99 persons. He was a bad man, he killed 99 persons. Then he wanted to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He, he felt that what he's doing is incorrect. So he went to a worshipper, Abid, like these people who are in the monasteries. No knowledge, but they have ibadah. So he asked him, do I have any tawbah? I killed 99. He said, no tawbah. So he said, okay, no tawbah, and he killed him. He made 100. Again, later on, he also have the feeling that he must repent. He did not like his life. So he went to alim, a scholar. Now, you know the difference? The first one was only abid, without knowledge. The other one was a scholar. He is a abid, but he is a scholar also, he knows. So he worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with knowledge, not with ignorance. So he told him, I killed 100. Do I, can I have a tawbah? Do I, do, do I have a chance to make tawbah? He said, of course. Who stabbed you? The only one you should do now is just to leave your town, because it's a bad town. Go to the other town where you can find good people to worship Allah with. So he moved. With this good intention, he did his best. While he was walking to the other town, he died. Or the angels of death came to him. Khalas, his, his time is finished. Now, as Muhammad has told us in this hadith and the other hadith also, that when a person dies, if he is a good Muslim, the mercy angels, Malaikatul Rahmah, will come and take his soul. If a kafir or munafiq or a, or a fasic person dies, Malaikatul Azab The punishment angels will come and take his soul And this person both of them came 
Malaikatul Rahmah wa Malaikatul Adab. Each one of them saying, no, he's for us. Malaikatul Rahmah saying, he came with full repentance and he have a good intention to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so his soul is us. Malaikatul Adab say, no, 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 he never did anything. He killed 100 persons and he never done anything yet. So he should go to Jahannam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent an angel to make judgment between these two groups of angels. So he said, measure the distance between his place now and the good town and his place now and the old bad town. Which one is closer to it? He is for the good one or the bad one. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, see that the, the subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. He ordered the earth from the place to the good town to be shortened. And he ordered the distance between his place and the bad town to be more. So when the majority they found he is closer to the good town, so the mercy angels, the angels of the mercy, Malaikat Rahmat Al-Kissur. Hope is a big case. It's part of our heart worshipping. It's not by tongue, it's not by body, it's by the heart. So we have to have a hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Raja' billahi subhanahu wa ta'ala should be the best of us. But we have to be careful not to hope without doing anything, without a good intention, without working for it. Because if a person stays at home and says, I hope I will be a millionaire. And he doesn't go anywhere. Wallahi inshallah. I have a big hope that I will be a millionaire. And he's sleeping at home until 11 o'clock in the morning. What kind of hope is this? But if the person says, I hope I will be millionaire, and he goes and works, and he has a lot of working, a lot of working, more effort, then we will say, okay, maybe he will be a millionaire. That's in dunya, of course. But in the case of Rahmatullah, the mercy of Allah, a person will ask, will hope for Rahmatullah, for the mercy of Allah, but he will work for it. He will do his best to refrain from doing what Allah told him not to do. He will do his best, he will do, he will do his best, to do what Allah told him to do. His best, I didn't say he will do whatever Allah told him to do, because that's not possible to us. But we will do our best. When Allah knows, subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows everything, when he knows that you have the true intention to satisfy him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will take care of you. He guaranteed this for us. He guaranteed this for us, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in his holy book, that just we do our best and he is taking care of us. It's a big hope. Because he, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most merciful the most gracious. He subhanahu wa ta'ala will be so nice with us and he is always nice with us subhanahu wa ta'ala. He gave us everything. So we should really have a big hope in him. But hope and fear in the same time. Hope alone is a problem. Fear alone is another problem. The bird having two wings, hope is one wing, fear is another wing. If he is using one wing only, he will fall down. So we have to use both. Tayyip, a question in here which is, will conclude inshallah the discussion tonight. Is which is better to have more fear or more hope? The best answer I found with Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah he said this is de- this depends on the situation of the person. If he is strong, healthy, worthy, then he should have more fear than hope. Because the self of the human being always running for bad things. Ammara from the soul. And if he is, on the other side, sick, close to death, 
poor, then he should have more hope. Because Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us in the hadith, لا يموتن أحدكم إلا وهو يحسن الظن بالله يعني the meaning of the hadith is that don't you die without being having a lot of hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so when a person dies when you come to a person who is dying as an example don't start to talk about Jahannam and the torture of the grave he's dying he cannot do anything now so you should tell him about Jannah about the mercy of Allah about the, the Jannah of the Qabr itself. But if you come to a person who is worthy and healthy and he is doing bad things, you are come to tell him about Jannah and about Naeem and other good things. No, tell him about Jahannam because he is in the situation that he will jump into bad things easily. So in this case, the balance of fear and, 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 and hope should be depending on the person's situation. A person who is sick, don't tell him about Jahannam. Tell him about Jannah about the mercy of Allah a person who is holy and worthy and he is also doing bad things tell him about Jahannam because he needs now to balance his he have a lot of hope but he has very limited fear so give him extra fear but both of them should be there always in this case the, 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 case, the, the person will be balanced the heart will be balanced the bird will fly correctly with hope and fear may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala since we have done and make this all in our good deeds and scale in the last day and I'm happy to hear if you have any questions. Jazakum Khair, see you inshallah next week. Discuss more cases about the heart worship.